Greetings, my name is Larry D. Giles, and it's the last day of August 2021. I'm going to attempt to read a chapter of the book I'm currently working on, The Boy Beside the Woods. This chapter is part fact and part fiction, based largely on... um, a couple I remember from childhood who lived not far from my grandparents' farmhouse. The piece has a deeper meaning, however. Uh, the deeper meaning is that during the Reconstruction, all the way down to the 50s and 60s when I was a kid, many African Americans didn't have... Um, uh, the resources of others. Access to the river, for example, was one example. And so this lack of resources left a resounding um, reverberations in the African-American psyche. The piece is called The River And I have to jump back to another program. Hopefully I won't lose you. The River From The Boy Beside the Woods White and blue as water I often wondered why my grandfather never went to the river. Mostly no one I knew did. Not the men at the store. Not any of my mother's people. The drunk woman down the road went to the swamp beside her shack. Her husband, when he was not (laughs) beating her (laughs) with the rope or whatever it was, went somewhere for a string of fish. But I don't think it was the river. Stirred into a flapjack and a squashed hat, he would walk through the straggly locusts up the high dirt gate to the porch where we sat in the shade, his smoky lips turning themselves into long, uncast lines. Got quite a mess today, Granetti would say to him poking a stick around in the dirt, just to say something. Guess you gonna sip me a nickel's worth? Grabbing the foot tub, his wife, straggly as a switch or a bag of old hooks, had placed water and a few chinkles of ice on the resisting boards. Halfway foaming at the mouth, he groaned like two fish, fishing sticks, rubbing against one another. Uh, not, not today, Uncle Willie. My hole near about to dried up. His mouth was twisted. A hole where there was dark. The wife, then a red sack of dry beans, could tell her husband was his old self, not the brashing young teen she remembered asking her mama for her hand in his one white shirt, 
The long, slow drift inland was more than she wanted to remember. But it stirred anyway, somewhere between here and there. The depression, maybe. The war. The long Jim Crow trip to nowhere. The parts of their life had no name. That had no name. Where the water dripped and soaked and poked into the bank sucked dry. Maybe she still loved him. Alone and even more thin and scarce, the woman who looked like the Indian I had seen in books pulled the chair out near the tub for him to marvel from, which she quickly jerked from her tattered reach and placed below on the ground. She had a taste for something that could pour into oceans. Up on the boards above a single fern lacing the porch, one of the dead fish, fish managed to move in the icy water. In short pants and a shirt open across his lean white chest, the boy swam out of the back room, a shallow maybe, shallow maybe, the house that wasn't more than two rooms, and whose sleeves were that were droopy, as old nets barely hanging on to the rising above the deepest pool of the swamp. Not able to exactly look at either one of his adopted parents, he asked, Can I go? His mama gave him up, grandmother had said, bent over the surf of the large tub. Maybe something happened to her. My grandmother thumped against the rack, needing more water to remove the dirt. She went off somewhere. Nothing for you to think on, child. Maybe somebody took her. Was right much commotion about her son. Been there since he was a teensy thing. I knew the deep descent of water. They saying this the last day you can go, the boy managed to anyone listening. Some rich man done bought the place. I want to go to the river. I gotta go. The boy again insisted, still more telling my grandfather than the man in the squashed hat. The size of a ripe melon, the boy's face was an empty bowl, and his father, nor the drunk woman, or my grandfather, would put anything in. Absent myself, I felt cool water against my jaw, a saltiness of heat and sand washed out of many openings in the earth, tagging behind my aunt in her cut-off pants the young uncle home from service. I felt the release of the water as it pushed between my toes, the sounds of clean black women laughing and men touching them around the waist. The tide was out, and the shells of many things were shiny and glowing for the picking. Down from a floating cloud, I found an arrowhead under my knee, and kept it whole and soft in my hand.
water between my toes. I was almost forgetting my mother lived in another house, my father's long trench coat blown away in the wind. If only for a moment, I was forgetting my siblings did not like me, and the new parents I had gained were strange and far away sometimes as deserts. Say the beach gonna shut down, the uncle I admired, <coughs> though I didn't often see him, <coughs> dipped like a clean brown stone from the receding carrot. And then, and then we never went again. Though there was a hole, I think, in the back of the flatlands not far from the bullneck, so secretly tucked into the hanging trees, only an old man like my grandfather could find it. But with no car, it was often much too far to walk. And grandfather said sometimes a man who owned the land could be a little funny. I guess a couple of times we went anyway, because food and everything was tight. And Granada could catch a whole grass bag of fish. We toted them as though they were the last fish on the earth. A little nervous, the old white man had seen us and would call the law. The one whose land stretched for at least a mile back and forth and still wasn't sure we could touch the water. Was he the one buying the colored beach? I didn't know, and I soon forgot the thought and maybe the river, wondering if my own daddy was coming to see me and if the ones I love would be talking about my mother. Nah, you can't go, said the squashed hat. Get your little half-white ass back in the house. The drunk woman must have thought of the water over the hill from the shack, anything that could cool the tongue and throat. But... She said nothing, and the man who had been her first true love caught the one fishing, the one swimming fish, in his large black hand and squeezed it till it foamed out the last drop of water and bled.